Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Volumes of Fear, the scripted horror comedy podcast hosted by Piedmont Montgomery. I'm Winston, and usually I'm in charge of introducing the show, but tonight, I have a special someone here who will be doing the honors, easiest to roll in, whoops. Sorry, didn't mean for your leg cast to hit that, um, that thingy. Uh, um, I've got someone special here who will be doing the introductory duties for the show. It's the recording facility's intern, Dewey, who just came back to work after breaking a lot of bones and getting a bunch of things wired shut when the brakes on his bicycle failed. Now here he is. Go ahead, Dewey. Uh, it's hard to talk. Oh, I forgot. Your jaw is wired shut. Well, I think by this point, our listeners realize that they're listening to Volumes of Fear. How about you hit the button and start the intro song? My finger can't reach. Oh, yeah. Your fingers were broken, too. I couldn't tell because of the full-arm cats you have. Hmm. I guess I better do that, too. Maybe next time you'll think twice about crossing me. Prepare yourself for a tale of terror and suspense. Presented by Crimson Knight Productions. This is Volumes of Fear. Oh my, what a way to kick off this edition of Volumes of Fear. Loyal lunatics, I am Piedmont Montgomery, your host. And I would actually like to say how proud I am of our very own Winston and the progress he has made. Soon enough, he'll be a character in a horror story of his own. Whether he is the protagonist or antagonist is yet to be determined. Nonetheless, I will be monitoring the situation with an eager curiosity. In fact, an eager curiosity is probably what our loyal lunatics possess as they sit on the edge of their seats, waiting for this forthcoming tale of horror from Volumes of Fear. Without further ado, I present to you the story of a man whose wild claims will be put to the test in Night of the Lizardmen Creatures. It was late in the evening, and the staff of the restaurant, cleverly known as Eat Ridge, retired from a long day of serving hungry clientele. Kent, the restaurant's manager, was counting the day's money at a table. Joanne, the steadfast waitress, was cleaning a nearby booth, while Bobby, a young college student who was the restaurant's dishwasher, was mopping the floors. The restaurant was empty of patrons and was about to close when one of their regular customers named Lenny burst through the front doors. Kent, I need the phone. I gotta call the chief of police. Lenny, come on, man. We're about to close. I'm not up for another one of your stories. But Kent, you don't understand. We're all in danger. Here we go again. One of Lenny's stories. You see, Kent's reaction was rather justifiable. This wasn't the first time that Lenny had come to the restaurant and made some outlandish claim. 
In fact, he was a regular fixture at Eatridge. He always told the wildest tales to the patrons, and everyone knew of his eccentricities. Kent, I gotta call Police Chief Crumwitty. Now, Lenny, why do you need to call the chief? Because, Joanne, we're all in danger. And why are we in danger? I just escaped the vicious clutches of two lizardmen creatures. Lizardmen creatures? Oh, come on, Lenny. Is that the best you can do? Shut up, Bobby. This is serious. There are two lizardmen creatures roaming the streets of Eastridge, and there's gonna be more. We gotta do something. Lizardmen creatures? Hmm. It's not that bad. What do you mean, not that bad? There are two of these things right here and now, and more are coming. We have to do something. This isn't just some story I made up. Right, like the story you told us last week wasn't made up. What was it? Something about you fighting a pizza-delivering vampire? That wasn't last week, Bobby. That was two weeks ago. Last week's story was about a half-man, half-puppy that he befriended. Would all of you knock this off? I want to get out of here, and all this yakking is preventing us from finishing the close-up. Besides, last week's story was about brain-eating aliens and how Lenny stopped them from taking over the world. Come on, you guys. This is serious. I need to use the phone. Don't you have a cell phone? Or did the Lizardmen creatures take it? Shut up, Bobby. I lost my cell phone because I had to use it as a defensive weapon. Lenny, I'll tell you what. You can use the phone as long as you settle down and promise to never come in here again. Okay, that's a deal that I probably won't honor. What was that? Uh, where's the phone? Behind the counter. Great. With the speed of Bigfoot at a buffet, Lenny jumped behind the counter and grabbed the restaurant's telephone. He quickly dialed in the Eastridge Police Department. Eastridge Police Department, how may I help you? Put me through to Chief Crumwitty immediately. Lenny, is that you again? Yes, it's me. Now put me through to the Chief. Is this a real emergency, or are you going to tell him another one of your tall tales, Mr. Storyman? Just put me through. There isn't much time. Okay, but I'm telling you, Lenny, if this is some silly little monkey shine, he's not going to be happy. Just get him. Hold for a minute. I'm on hold. Great. Thanks for the update. No problem. Uh, hey, Joanne, can I get some coffee? What? Uh, can I get some coffee? Maybe a slice of pie? A sandwich? Or some prime rib or something? I'm really hungry. This is Crumwitty. Chief! Yeah, Lenny, what is it now? Listen to me. You gotta get all the manpower you can. We're all in trouble. Another hitchhiking ogre? Or'd you make more wishes on that monkey pot thing? No, Chief. Listen to me. You gotta get all the manpower you can and meet me at the Eat Ridge restaurant right away. Call the National Guard if you have to. Call the Army, the Air Force, the Colonial Marine Corps, the Navy. Get whoever you can and get down here now. Lenny, this is getting to be too much. I think you need some serious help. Where, where'd you say you were? I'm at the Eat Ridge restaurant. Get down here right away. All right, I'm coming down there. You and I are going to have a talk about your little stories. You understand me? Yeah, we can do that. Just come prepared. 
I'll be there in a few minutes, Lenny. In the meantime, maybe you should head outside and let Kent close the shop down. I would, but my dinner's about to come out. No, it isn't. Just get down here and I'll explain everything. All right, the chief's on his way. Said he wanted to rap with me about a few things. Now we just play the waiting game. So, uh, Lenny, you gonna tell us what happened? Oh, now you're interested, Bobby? I'm a little intrigued, sure. I gotta say, Lenny, I am too. Don't encourage. Eh, what am I saying? I'm intrigued also. What happened this time, Lenny? Okay, good. You're all willing, whether you believe me or not, to listen. It'd be a lot easier to tell the story if I can get something to eat. I'm just saying. There's part of a portobello mushroom sandwich in the garbage that you can have. Gross. I'll take it. Here you go. Thanks. It looks good. All right. You got your dinner. Now get on with the story, Lenny. Okay. A few hours ago, I was headed down to Fishhead Fred's Fish and Tackle Shop. You ever heard of that place? It's south of town, sort of out in the boonies by the reservoir. Fishhead Fred's had a new B2 lures in, and I was eager to restock my supply because those are by far the best lures on the market. So there I was, driving through the sticks when my check engine light came on. I hate when that happens. Yeah, it's the worst. When it came on, I was instantly irritated at what I thought was going to be a costly fix. But my irritation quickly turned to worry as smoke started billowing out of my car's engine. I thought the car was going to blow up. Now, like I said, Fishhead Fred's Fish and Tackle Shop is south of town. Sort of a woodsy area. Not much is out there except for Fishhead Fred's. And, of course, Phil's Fill It Up Gas Station. As soon as I saw Phil's, I pulled into the parking lot. I put the car into the park and called my friend Gary. He is sort of an expert, and I thought that he may be able to help me. So I gave him a call. You said smoke was coming out of the engine? Yeah, lots of it. When's the last time you changed the oil? Changed the oil? What are you talking about, Gary? Modern cars don't need an oil change. I'm not even sure where to start. Wait a minute. Are you still in the car? Yeah. And is the engine still running? Yeah. Uh, Lenny, I think you should turn the engine off and get out of the car. Will that fix the problem, Gary? Why don't we start with some easy precautionary steps? Like turning off the engine and getting out of the car? Yeah. You start there and I'll head down your way. I'll meet you at Phil's in about ten minutes. It was sound advice, so I turned off the engine and got out of the car. I had a few minutes to kill before Gary arrived, so I decided to head into the gas station to get a soda. This is where things get weird. I went into the gas station. And headed for the soda fountain. After filling up my cup, I went to the counter to pay, but no one was there, which is weird because usually Phil is behind the counter keeping a close eye on things. I took a look around and didn't see anyone. I then peered over the counter and saw what looked like a big pile of barbecue that someone must have dropped on the floor. And there was a ton of sauce, at least it looked like sauce. Then, 
I heard this deep, powerful, husky voice coming from behind me. Excuse me, mortal? I turned around to see who it was I was hearing when I saw them. It was two giant lizardmen creatures. Now this is where I'm shaky. What do you mean, shaky? Yeah, you say there's two giant lizardmen creatures. What exactly does that mean? Lenny, I think Bobby is asking you to describe these two things beyond just saying that they're lizardmen creatures. Okay, well, they were tall. I'd say both of them were about seven feet. It was hard to make out their physical build because they both wore black robes. But I could see their faces and hands. The skin on their hands and faces was green, slimy, and scaly. Their eyes were yellow, large, and bulbous with red pupils, and their mouths were full of razor-sharp teeth. Does that help? Yeah, sometimes exposition helps with detail when one has to imagine the visuals for themselves. Fair enough. May I continue? Please do. So there I was, in this empty gas station, trying to pay for my soda while I waited for my friend to arrive to help me fix my car, when I found myself standing face-to-face with two lizardmen creatures. I was terrified. I couldn't speak. Then the creature who spoke to me spoke again. You are human, correct? Uh, uh, yeah, I am. Excellent, for we are beings from a dimension that exists between the time and space of mortal men. A realm where evil dominates and only the strong survive. A portal of fire and flame opened in our world and created a door which we traveled through to arrive here. Is this for real? I and my traveling companion have come to your world in search of a new supply of sustenance. We are here to see if mortal men can satiate our hungers. There are more of our kind coming from our world who will assist us in our evaluation. I was in complete shock. I didn't know what to say or do. Then the other lizard man creature stepped forward. In short, the two of us are here to eat some humans and see if they would be a good source of food for our people. We've got a few more friends coming along shortly who are going to help us make an assessment. You're here to eat us? Well, not everyone, at least not yet. We just want to make sure that everything lines up with our diets before we commit full genocide. Oh, I see. That makes sense. Have you eaten a lot of humans so far? Just the fellow behind the counter. Oh, Phil? I think that was the name on the name tag. Enough of this discussion. Now prepare to suffer as we dine on your physical vessel. Then, both the lizard men creatures started to approach me in a very aggressive manner. I backed up and found that I was pinned against a corner with nowhere to go. I was petrified as I saw them open their large mouths, when suddenly, someone entered the gas station. Lenny? You in here? It was my friend, Gary. Uh, Lenny? Hey, Gary. What's with the lizard men creatures? Gary, you might want to run. Why's that? Before I could answer, Gary, both the lizard men creatures charged at him. They tackled him, and despite his flailing and intermittent squeals, Gary was no match for them. I watched as they tore apart and ate my friend. He had shown up to help me, but, like they say, no good deed goes unpunished. Which is just unfortunate. Anyway, as they were enjoying some filet Gary, 
I decided I had to make my escape. There was a back door to the gas station, and I began slowly moving towards it. But one of the lizard men creatures saw me. Where do you think you're going? I froze dead in my tracks. I was caught. Again. Now this lizard man creature was approaching me. I wasn't too sure what to do. I fumbled around a little, looking for something to use as a weapon. I didn't have much on me except my car keys and my cell phone. Realizing it was a poor excuse for self-defense, but also my only resource, I chucked my cell phone at the creature. Ouch! What happened? That human just threw his mobile communication device at me and hit me in the face. Well, that isn't very nice. Yeah, he's a real jerk. I didn't have enough time to explain why their frustration was baseless. I just knew I had made enough of a distraction to escape. So I got out the back door and started running. And you ended up here? Yep. So they're close then? Theoretically. I'm not sure what their travel plans are, to be honest, or how many of their friends are coming or where they'll arrive. I wasn't in the mood to ask for details. Hey, Police Chief Crumwoody is pulling up. Bobby was correct. The constable of East Ridge, one James Crumwoody, had arrived to the Eat Ridge restaurant. He came inside and sat down at a table and listened as Lenny retold his tale. When Lenny was finished, Chief Crumwoody sat back for a moment and then spoke. Well, Lenny, that uh, is quite the story. I know, Chief. It's crazy, right? But we gotta do something or else we're all in trouble. Now, I see you came alone. Actually, it looks like an ambulance is pulling up. Oh, good. You brought some resources. I'm not sure what an ambulance can do for us, but nonetheless, it's time to make a stand. Actually, Lenny, uh, I've been thinking for a while now about some of the wild yarns you've told me over the past year or two. And while I think there are an effort to get attention, I also think you might need some serious help. Suddenly, the door to the restaurant swung open, and two men wearing white suits entered the restaurant. They slowly and cautiously approached Lenny, and Lenny could see that one of the men had a straitjacket in his hands. Uh, Chief, I'm not sure how a straitjacket is going to help us against the lizardmen creatures. Lenny, these fellows are from the Peaksville Mental Hospital, and I think it's time to get you the help you need. You're having me committed? It's easier if you don't fight, Lenny. You're committing me? I'm not joking here, guys. They ate Gary. The lizard men are coming, and you're having me committed. I am the only one in this town that knows what's going on, and you're putting me away. Well, guess what? When I'm eating my jello and my rice pudding at my lovely institution, I'll be thinking about you when you turn into Gary Barbie. Despite Lenny's pleas and attempts to ward off the men in the white suits, he was no match for them. It took only a minute for them to get the straitjacket on to Lenny. He was then ushered into the ambulance and taken off to the Peaksville Mental Hospital. Jim, wasn't that a little extreme? Possibly. Time and lawsuits will determine that, really. Anyway, at least we know that Lenny won't be able to tell any of his crazy stories until the courts tell us to let him out. And that could be a while. Hopefully before the lobotomy. Fingers crossed. Chief Crumwitty? Excuse me, Kent. Sounds like Dispatch is trying to get a hold of me. Go ahead, Dispatch. This is Crumwitty. Chief? This is going to sound crazy, but we just got a call that some lizard men creature thingies are running amok through the downtown. Say again, dispatch. Oh, you heard me right, chief. We got a call that there are lizard men creatures eating people in downtown East Ridge. Huh. Well, looks like Lenny was telling the truth after all. How about that? Kind of makes you wonder if his other stories also were true. 
My, what a sordid end for Lenny. Well, him and the people of Eastridge. Of course, them as well. I suppose my sympathies went to the idea that a voracious raconteur should be locked up for simply telling tales of terror. Well, I suppose life isn't fair, and the people of Eastridge will take heed next time a cautionary tale unfolds in front of them. That story was just fiction, right? Fret not, Winston. All the stories here on Volumes of Fear are works of fiction. At least, to some degree. What did Dewey think of this tale? I'm afraid he's sleeping right now. I gave him a few extra doses of his pain medication after he fell down the stairs. He got pretty banged up again. Oh my, he suffered another accident, did he? Yeah, an accident. Oh, Winston, evil may have a new host. What a delight to watch as this unfolds. Well, my loyal lunatics, it is that time for us to close out this edition of Volumes of Fear. We wish to thank Crimson Knight Productions for all of their tireless efforts in helping to produce this eccentric episode of Volumes of Fear. Listeners, stay up to speed by finding us on the social media outlets. We're active on Facebook and Instagram, and we have a Twitter account that sometimes gets used. I'm Piedmont Montgomery, and this has been Volumes of Fear. Don't forget to share the scare and like the lunacy. This episode of Volumes of Fear featured the acting talents of Bob Anderson, David Thompson, Rachel Collins, Odell Osagara Jr., J.C. Rositas, Josh Berkey, Frank Sisson, and Tom Rock. It was produced by Andy Collins and J.C. Rositas. The script was written by Andy Collins from a story by Andy Collins and J.C. Rositas. Post-production was supervised by J.C. Rositas. Audio editing and mixing was by David Thompson. Original music was by David Thompson. Artwork was provided by Derek DeBoer. This episode was presented by Crimson Knight Productions. Visit them online at vivacomp.net. Like Volumes of Fear on Facebook and Instagram, or you will suffer horrible things.